And we're live! We're live! We're live! We're live! We're live! Go on then, Steve. I'll let you kick it all off. Cheers, Mark. Good afternoon and welcome to episode 13 of Tales from the Home. And something completely new, we have a guest. Paul Blamire, aka Labworks. Um, if you've even got the mildest interest in uh, advocacy in the Australian vape scene, you've probably seen him before. Uh, there's a number of cracking videos on uh, YouTube where he go dives deep into the advocacy. What you may not know is the man mixes as well. Not only does he mix, but uh, <laughs> well, I say mix, I make it sound a lot simpler than it actually is, and hopefully Paul will fill us in on this. Um, good afternoon, Mark. How are you doing, mate? I'm all right, matey. Good afternoon, everybody. Good afternoon, everybody in chat as well. How are we all? I suppose it's my turn to say hello to everyone in chat, isn't it? It is, dear boy, it is. So who we've got first off? We've got Chris, we've got JP, we've got Rachel, we have got Bill, and we've got JP. That's it. That's all we've got at the present moment. Very, very quiet chat at the moment. I think I might swap mine over to live chat instead of top chat. That's always Might better. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I was that busy talking to Paul before we started. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, always just... blame the guest. Yeah, it's good etiquette, you know. <laughs> oh, definitely. And hello, Paul. Well, good evening, Paul, should I say. Yeah, it's good evening from Australia and thank you guys for inviting me onto your show. <laughs> Just in, everyone's out there. I think we're all live. Good. Is everyone sounding all right, chat? Just let me know. It seems chat seems to be a bit quiet at the moment. Yes, very quiet. You right there, Steve? <laughs> seems to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're all good. All good. Right. Well, this is episode thirteen of Tales from the Ohm. I can't believe we're doing episode thirteen already. Hi, Ben. It's quite a shocker. So, um, let's ask the guest, what are you vaping on? Currently, I'm vaping on a, um, a drop jewel and some, one of my new ones, it's a kiwi strawberry lemonade that I've finally just released. Um, in my... In my other little squonky donkey here, I actually have a white chocolate cheesecake running a little goon LP. Mm. Running the. Uh, yeah, look, don't worry about it. And a then, goon LP? God, there's actually someone that's actually vaping a goon LP. <laughs> I have a very good friend here in Australia that makes coils specifically for that trooper. So it works really well in squonk mode. I've, I've actually got a table full of mods at the moment, but I'm not going to go through all of them. Um, <laughs> the, the other one that I've got running is a... Um, that is a Vicious Ant Knight running a Satula Gaia, and that actually has in that... That is a strawberry white chocolate cheesecake that's not released yet. I'm still ironing out a few little kinks in the strawberry side. But, yeah... Take it away. Whoever's up next, let's go. Go on, Mark. You want me? You want yeah, me? Okay. Right, I'm going kind of retro, but new as well. I've got the old uh, Troll V2 
on top and underneath there I've got my new mechanical box mod from uh, uh, Tree of Vape and it's absolutely brilliant I love it to pieces little love it. so I've got that one and on that one I've got um, Suicide uh, Bunny uh, Mother's Milk which I've tweaked a little bit because the one that I got wasn't great. Also, I've got another retro uh, vape as well. I've got the Vector RDA on my Hex. In that, I've got my homebrew lemon in there. And finally, I have got the uh, Kylin M, and that's on, I forget which one, this is called the Epsion. I've got that on there, and on that, uh, where am I on, where am I on? Yes, I'll get the right mods and I'll be all right. Yes, no, that's got the uh, Mother's Milk in it. That one, tr uh, Trolls, got the uh, Zap Juice uh, Citric uh, Freeze with the 300 milligrams of nicotine, uh, caffeine in it. So there you go, got that. That's it, that's for me. You, Steve? Right. I'll let Mark go first, because we've got the uh, Snow Up Pasito. Hey, oh, who's messed about with the... Just reduce, reduce, Paul back down to where he was. <laughs> He just decided to go widescreen on me. <laughs> there you ah, go. Yes, I see what you mean. <laughs> I've got you right, back. so the smart Pasito. I don't do pods normally. Mm. I, um, I'm either a dual battery or I'm a mech. But this baby was the first rebuildable I'd seen. So I gave it a go. This morning, amidst a cloud of language that would have made me my mother blush <laughs> i built a 16 mil deck <laughs> that was not oh, wow. fun. <laughs> Oops. what they also don't tell you is while there is a channel for what appears to be your wick to fall into don't put your wick all the way down if you buy one of these puppies buy the rba by all means the flavor is amazing Boy, does it restrict the draw, but the flavour is brilliant. But what you want to do is, uh, at the base, just at the top of the uh, wick channels, you want to cut it flat. It just wants to rest on top. Because if you put it any further down, you're going to get dry hits from hell. Mm. It just chokes it up completely. So, damn method, resting on the top. You shouldn't have any problems. I've been... Puffing away on this for the last hour after I built it. Yeah. Absolutely brilliant. So inside that, I've got... Uh, I'm going to make Mark pull faces now. Bit of the Salt Heisenberg, which is... Uh, I love... I was a Heisenberg virgin until I bought this damn thing. And I love it. It's great. <laughs> um, we've got the VK1 Flash with the Zeus uh, X on top. And in that, we've got... Malay brand, uh, the Fog Clown. I've got the, uh, it's a barley lemon in that. How did, how, how did it vape, that one? Because nice. it was strong on the old knuckle. When you knuckle it, it's overpowering. When you vape it, different beast altogether. Quite a heavy lemon, but you still get that barley mouthfeel, that richness. Mm. Really, really nice. Is it, is it an old-school barley feel, or is it like a chemical barley? It, 
to be honest, it's you. I don't know if you you got Robinsons over there, haven't you, Paul? Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's like the Robinsons lemon barley. That yeah. sort of mouthfeel, that sort of rich, unctuous feel to it. It's really nice. Unctuous. I like that word. Unctuous. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, uh, right, I'll have to write that one down. Unctuous. I do like a nice descriptive word. Yeah. Was it whooshing up your nose? It's unctuous. <laughs> Leave it out. I'll stop talking posh if you're not careful. Uh, you, it's not even five minutes in. That's already going south. <laughs> Thanks, Paul. <laughs> Stuart's just told me Heisenberg is so common. It, it, it was, <laughs> though. At, at one point, it was so that everybody was vaping Heisenberg. <laughs> and it was either Heisenberg or Red Astaire, and it was so like both of them were grime. Horrible. <clears throat> Dude, I'm as basic as they come. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, how are you getting on with that, too? you read that, Paul? <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to touch that. <laughs> Says the man, for the, you wouldn't, obviously, we've just come on, but um, Paul showed us the contents of the, of the cupboard behind him. So me talking about old school vapes, I think I understand why he's shaking his head. <laughs> the man has building blocks like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> The amount of concentrates is amazing. <laughs> yeah, somewhere around the 1500 barrier at the moment. 1500, 2000, somewhere around there. I'm losing track. And and now with my new now with my new job, um, I've already been getting freight notices coming out of Poland. So yeah, God knows what's going to appear here on my doorstep over the next few days. The mind boggles. So, Steve, have we got any news today? We have, mate. We have. Um, so, it's not looking good out of the States still. Um, following on from the San Francisco ban, it now appears that Massachusetts are likely to be bringing in a statewide ban on all things vape. Uh, Bill S1279 and H1902 would see the banning of flavoured tobacco products from convenience stores and online shops. The only place where flavoured tobacco would be available is what they're calling adult smoke shops. Mm. Ad adult smoke. <laughs> the visions in my mind at the minute, you know, what, what could possibly holding up? Packet of twenty fags. <laughs> you, you feel, no, you've got to have a latex outfit to get into these smoke shops that they're talking about. Does that mean they're going to have a little pocket in the gimp suit just big enough for twenty fags? <laughs> what a great thing! <laughs> so, so the committee on public health heard from a number of children, one of who said he managed to uh, quit his two-year jewel addiction last summer adding it to cost him thousands of dollars for a jewel. Really? Two years? Two years. Two, two years addiction. Mm. How long's jewel been out now? Depending, depending on which country. Uh, United States, 
the first variation of Jewel was 2015, 2016, and 2017 was really the, the the second generation of it, and the third generation, now the fourth generation, it's on its way. It's Bluetooth. Mm. Bluetooth. Why Bluetooth? Um, so they can actually shut it down once it gets into a, into certain zones. Right. And you get security features for underage and stuff like that. There's also now um, a carry case. You actually need a thumbprint to actually get into the case to get your device. These are the these are the options that they're going to, but they they're not. They're, in part, it's a good idea, but other than that, until they actually crack down on um, Amazon, um, what's it called, eBay. Until they get rid of all that stuff all of, of those sites and they do proper age verification, you're still going to have the issues. There's no two ways. Mm. Now, to be fair, I mean, in the UK, if you order anything vape-related from Amazon, mm-hmm. uh, the driver turns up at your door and mm-hmm. if you, you can't prove you're overage or don't look to be overage, they won't mm-hmm. drop it off. That's that's totally fair, and I, I respect that. I, I I don't have a problem. Okay, instead of pushing for T twenty one statewide or throughout the whole North America, bring it back to eighteen. Put it put the law in federally. Okay, you can go to war at eighteen, mm. but what? So you can still smoke stinkies, but. Now they want to bring in T21. T21, what did it do for prohibition in alcohol all exactly. those years ago? See, I've always it, said... It, it actually I've, caused more problems. I, I've said this all along. Hasn't America learned from prohibition of alcohol? Has, has, has the country not learned anything to prohibition no. anything? <clears throat> no. No, not at all. And from... Where I stand, and because, as we say, when we're doing advocacy, um, I've got skin in the game. I own a liquid line, mm. and I'm a I'm a mixologist. That's all I do seven days a week. We've always said that until they clamp down, they put in real real solutions. That this industry is never going to go forward. Mm. Bottom line. No, the, the states proved that with the uh, bottle issues, didn't they? Uh, oh, don't, don't even go there. Now there's, now there's flow, the bottle restrictions now in the United States um, with flow restrictors for squeezing a bottle for two seconds and getting two mil out of it and things like that. That's part of it. Mm. Um, the only manufacturer that's actually gone to the hill or to Washington with it um, with the advocates alongside was um, Chubby Gorilla with a solution and they're the only one so far with that filling solution. That's an issue in itself. It, it's creating monopolies on on both sides. Um, I was on a show earlier today and I said, look, all these guys with Lamborghini money, they've got to pony up. They've really got to pony up and get into the fight and stop this from going any further. 
It's going crazy, isn't it? To be honest with you, it's, it, they're finding anything, and it just literally makes... It's sort of like, it's sort of sort of like being logically about it. They're, they're finding any little niche to make it as hard and as awkward as possible for the industry. And it's like I've said all along, the problem with the vaping community is that they are all basically cottage industry. You're not massive big companies. And if, if for arguing sake that the vape community was a massive big companies, it would be a totally different ball game. But because it's little cottage industry, that's how they can get you. I agree to disagree on that because um, I, I got my start in the industry from the DIY community mm. and DIY and advocacy. And... I I saw the need for specific products at all levels, and so you know I was helping all my friends out, you know, do the conversion between combustibles and the vaping space. If, for argument's sake, there's all this is what I said today. If all the smaller manufacturers to get together and join forces and actually create collaborations or alliances, mm. this could be the key to upending what the government's currently doing in the United States. Mm. But yeah, it did start as a cottage industry, but now you have you do have big players in the game. Mm. And when I say big players, I mean very, very, very big players. They're flipping a they're flipping a million dollars a month and more. Yeah. No. So the so basically, if we all got together, we could actually fight it completely. Is that, that's what you said. Yeah. Correct. I mean, the interesting thing is, uh, excuse me, while I fold up my tinfoil hat, but if you've got bigger companies, sure. Uh, what Paul's just said, the cottage industry actually makes it harder for government to control. Correct. Because you you've not just got one target to go for. No. I mean that's no. that's the way I've I've sort of looked at it. If it like like Apple and Samsung, yeah. Mm-hmm. If the government wanted to hit Apple hard, they'd just start bringing in the taxes that are specifically against Apple, and because Apple have got a very well defined business uh, structure and and product, mm-hmm. yeah, that makes them vulnerable. Whereas with the the smaller guys in the vape community, the juice. Mm-hmm. The smaller manufacturers, if you if yeah. they start targeting that, the other guys can step in front. Yeah, is that where yeah. I'm going with that? Yeah. Well, what will what it is happening right now? Um, you're seeing the larger companies um, actually swallow up the smaller players and buying the SKUs that they already had pre-registered with the FDA, mm. and and then creating huge lines then you've also got the like the big big distros that are not only doing liquid but are also doing the hardware side of it as well and controlling it in, in both sides then you have the likes of um, imperial tobacco that's in bed now with molecule labs out of california you have uh jewel which broke away from pax laboratories or pax labs that create the dry herb vaporizer 
or three different versions of that or the three different generations, the Joule and a vaping device that was released in between all of this and was sold off to one of the big tobacco companies. The, the attrition is there and there was, um, who was it? I think it was RJ Reynolds. Um, they were actually buying up smaller operators in the vape base simply because they were buying all the recipes and sitting on it. And they're the ones that are going to be able to do, go through the PMTA process. It takes money to do it. If you look at the uh, PMTA process for the ICOS system in the United States, that was $5.6 billion that PMI spent on the ICOS to get through PMTA. But, and that was a modified PMTA process as well because it was already a tobacco product. Liquids now, or the smaller players, the more, if you were to flood the market with small players, right, it's like playing whack-a-mole. Where are you gonna? Where are you gonna look? The target. The target keeps changing. Mm -hmm. By by doing what they're doing and banning this technology, which is a life-saving technology, I'll say it over and over again. They're trying to ban a technology that is saving lives, and big tobacco is not really. And I'll say this openly to to the audience right now. Big tobacco is really not the enemy in all of this. The two enemies that you have is A, the settlement that was put together by the tobacco industry in the United States called the MSA or the Master Settlement Agreement. That's the first thing, right? All the states are spending it before they can make it back again. Their bonds are going through the floor, everything like that. The second and probably the most interesting right now, and that is... The pharmaceutical industry is losing money hand over fist in NRTs or nicotine replacement therapy and all the associated industries behind that and the chemical companies and biotech. You, you see the, and also the, sorry, revolving door policy with the FDA. You had um, Scott Gottlieb come from the vape space and from the medical side of things took the position at the FDA to understand and throw a spanner in the works, and now he's gone and sat on the board of Pfizer Corporation. Mm. Now, I mean, let's face it, when he came into the uh, FDA, everyone was praising him and thinking, brilliant, he's going to be the saviour. No, he wasn't. He was a wolf in sheep's clothing and no one saw it. Mm. No one. He tried to. He was told to destroy what he could yeah. in certain ways or change it so his uh, benefactors would have a better um, a better foothold in the marketplace. Mm. That's how it all works. I mean, it's blatantly, I mean, from our, from our point of view, it's blatantly obvious that it's just all about the money. It's literally all about the money and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Until the FDA, and this, is, this has been a... a topic of conversation with myself and David Gerwitz on many occasions until the FDA is stripped back to its absolute bare bones and rebuilt from the ground up. And the corruption and the backdoor money deals that are being done behind closed doors, we're not seeing any of this. Until that is out of the way, things won't change. 
you walk in you walk into government in the United States or any other country for that matter with a hundred thousand dollars in your bank account. When you leave, you've got millions of dollars in your bank account and you're set up for life. Sorry, but enough is enough. Mm. No, fair point. And and the worrying thing is if Trump and his regime get the way on some of the reporting, you're never gonna hear about these backdoor deals. There's not going to be the leaks. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to answer this question for Grumpy. Um, it's It wasn't Pharma, really, that created the filters for cigarettes, actually. It was a chemical company. And one of the big chemical companies was supplying PMI with all the humectants, all the actual base products for making all of the manufacturing of tobacco products. So... No, Dow Chemical was one. The other one was BASF. The other one before it became, there was two sections of it, and now it's joined at the hip, and that was Bayer Corporation. They're the three that you've got to play with. Don't you love it when you get someone that knows all this stuff? <laughs> Blimey, Paul, I suddenly feel very stupid. <laughs> no, I mean... So, uh, moving on to the news stories, we've got vaping uh, on the rise in New Zealand. There's a new study of smokers in New Zealand shows that over 50% of them have tried or are now using an e-cigarette in a bid to quit smoking. There's still a way to go, as only 2% of the population are now classed as regular vapors, while at least one in six have tried an e-cig. Uh, the good news is the study found there was no daily use amongst those who've never smoked, which uh, always good to hear because that's mm. the first one the antis roll out. You know, it's a gateway. Um, the findings from this nationally representative survey of adult New Zealanders gives us a snapshot for how the use of e-cigarettes is developing. Uh, from Professor Richard Edwards from the U University of Otago in Wellington. The information from this survey will help monitor the uptake of e-cigs and provide evidence about their impact on smoking. It could also help in the development of interventions aiming to enhance the contribution of e-cigarettes to reducing smoking and its adverse health effects in... Oh, blimey. Why do I always get the names? Aotearoa? Tara? A-O-T-E-A-R-O-A. Aotearoa. Hey, it's all right. Hey, it's all right. Um, the study's part of a two-yearly uh, health and lifestyle survey conducted by the Health Promotion Agency and interviews thousands of New Zealanders. And Professor Edwards goes on to say, uh, the finding that people who have never smoked are not using these products is reassuring, as it's the relatively high use amongst recent quitters. Um, as, as this suggests that many smokers are successfully using e-cigarettes to quit which is what mm -hmm. all three of us on the panel today have been saying for years. Mm. Yeah, it's the yeah. best way to quit. So I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to touch on this one. We, we spoke about this before we went on air, but um, does everybody in chat remember the uh, vaping leads to heart attack study? This, this was awesome this this was basically the guy opened a Christmas cracker pulled out a couple of slips of paper and then decided he was going to publish so the study found out was carried out by a disgraced vehement anti-vapor scientist Stanton Glantz 
Um, and we're using the word disgrace because there was legal proceedings from an alleged sexual harassment uh, saw the woman involved paid off to the tune of $150,000. No guilty conscience there then, son. <laughs> uh, he reckons vaping does lead to heart attacks, although... Uh, Professor Brad Rodu from the University of Louisville was able to get his hands on the data and found glaring errors. Uh, 30 of the 30 plus patients that had heart attacks, he found that most of them had occurred 10 years before they began vaping. And the new glance study suggested vapors were twice as likely to get a heart attack. So Professor Rodu uh, turns around and says that these findings are false and invalid. And he uh, went on, he called on the Journal of American Heart Association to publish a study to retract it, adding their analysis was on indefensible breach of any reasonable standard for research on, uh, on association or causation. And we urge you to take the appropriate action on this article, including retraction. So it's nice to hear a voice of reason. I've got, I, I, I've got a comment to that one. Stanton Glance is a knobhead. <laughs> um. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say that he's knobhead. <laughs> That's the best way of putting it. <clears throat> uh, I, I've got a few other names for him, but we won't go there. <laughs> I was polite. That, that's me being polite. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being polite too. <laughs> I'm, being, I'm being a very good little boy tonight. <laughs> I mean, Stanton Glantz, he's not even a, a doctor, is he? Uh, yes, he is. But the, the problem is that Glantz keeps getting these, these funding packages. Right, mm. that that's how he's paying off his ass, ass smacking, and groping charges. Right, that's for a start. Okay, he, it's not only one. Right, he's an absolute ass hat. Mm. You know, he he really needs to just disappear. Yeah. Um, all my friends in the industry in the United States, we've got we've got a bunch of lovely names for him. I've been I've been blacklisted by him, um, blacklisted by numerous people within the medical community and the and the um, yeah he's... how would you put it within the communities that that I roll in um, people that are actually doing real studies and and real data not bullshit mm. simple as that he 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 just needs to you know go back under his rock and just stay there. Because the study, I, I've read it, and I, I was there on the floor laughing. Mm. I said, hang on, you, you're going on 30 patients. That's it. That's all you've got. That's the best you've got. Come on. Come on. I mean, even... go, to a heart, go to a heart clinic. Go to a heart clinic mm. and get real data. But the, what, real data. What, what scares me more than anything else, though, is that people like him release papers like he has done and it's spread like wildfire across all social media it's across the media itself and it's it's always that that main headline and it's the general joe blogs that doesn't vape doesn't smoke that sees that headline Correct. vaping causes heart attacks and it's that and it's 
no matter how you, you try and, uh, and hide it, it's so like that is in the subconscious of everybody's mind when they start thinking about things like vaping. It's so like because of that idiot, people think that e-cigarettes are worse than smoking cigarettes now. Well, if you have a look at the data and the studies, they're saying that um, 70% of the United States population is actually saying that vaping is actually worse mm -hmm. than smoking mm -hmm. combustibles, right? Um, we The other name that we use for glands, Rachel, is um, popcorn head or popcorn brain. He, he, that's that's what he's got up there. He, he's been hit with a diacetyl truck and he's got popcorn brain. <laughs> Popcorn brain. I'll, I'll remember that one. That's a, that's a polite one. Yeah, yeah, I like the polite one. <laughs> so finally, moving on, the the antis, the hypocritical hypocritical nature of some of these uh, soccer mom groups that are against vaping in America. Oh. oh. <laughs> 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 I'm, I, 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 I actually saw this on uh, Twitter. But then I came across Neil's uh, article on it, and it's brilliant. Um, so these poor old soccer moms needed funds, so they had a fundraiser. So they're claiming that the flavours of vaping are going to do you in, the dicetal and all the rest of it. So they decide they're going to put a two-alcoholic drink limit on all tickets as well. <laughs> what? So... They're having a fundraiser for the kids, yeah? But you have to buy mm -hmm. two alcoholic drinks at this fundraiser. <laughs> right. Now, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I don't ever remember a bottle of Heisenberg causing a bluey in a bar and then a punch-up <laughs> afterwards. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gordon Bennett. Unbelievable. But, yeah. If, bad, what can we say? Um, Bill Richards brings up a point here. Um, Pave, all right, that's the soccer mums that you're talking about. It's a wife of a gentleman that actually works for Deloitte. Deloitte are uh, the risk management risk management crew for PMI. That's where the money's coming from for Pave. The, the, there's three soccer mums over in New York, okay? Um <laughs> Yeah, I could I could get really deep into this if you really wanted to because this is this is the kind of stuff that I'm it's right up my alley, right up my alley. <laughs> go for it, kid. Go for it. Feel free. <laughs> you feel free. <laughs> I mean, the... I I could throw so many people under the bus right now. It's not funny. What worries me is you get the soccer mom groups. Then you get the religious groups. I mean, we've already, Mark and I, we oh, did this. Don't, uh, don't, 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 don't. We listened to this preacher and he was unreal. Oh, Apparently vaping, vaping gets water demons into the body. Yeah. And it's actually the work of Satan. <laughs> this guy was brilliant. <laughs> Honestly, this was a two-hour rant on a podcast. Well, two-hour rant it was. <laughs> <laughs> Honest, I really, I mu really must find the video of this guy so I can put it onto the group. 
No, I'm going incognito knowing David Gorowitz mode. <laughs> religion, religion, and yeah, tobacco harm. They don't go together. No oh, way. Oh, oh, this was brilliant. It was yeah. You were vaping in the demons and all that. Like, that was so funny, wasn't it? I think that was our first ever show, wasn't it? It was. Yeah. Jesus. He, he sent me this about an hour before we went on, and I was still chuckling by the time we started. <laughs> the the big issue with um, the three New York soccer mums that started PAVE, right, and until we dug a little deeper, and her husband is is actually part of Deloitte Risk Management for PMI and for other big tobacco companies. She is absolutely off her head, that woman. I, I gave her a serve the other week on Twitter, and she came back to me and said, obviously you're... You um, you work for someone. And I said, "Well, look at my name, you turkey." <laughs> tells you, tells you exactly what I do for a living. So enough with your rubbish and bullshit, because you can't go on anymore. There's a gentleman that everyone should follow on Twitter. His name is Kevin Crowley. He's um, probably one of the biggest consumer advocates that that I've met and. I was part of a radio show with him and David and a couple of other different guests that we've had on there. Um, he was the one that actually broke the story and did the breakdown on it, him and James Jarvis from um, Ohio Vape Trade Association. They were the ones that broke the story on that. And I just thought it was hilarious when we found out that her husband is actually a high-level member of Deloitte and is on retainer with PMI we just went right. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, these people that make me chuckle because it's so like, don't think that we're going to find out. Oh. You know what I mean? It's like, don't you think people are going to actually search? You're going to put yourself on a pedestal like they have done, and people are not going to dig into what you're related to. Well, and there's, there's another one now that's appeared in the last 48 hours. Um, a doctor from uh, the Midwest, and he is actually using his two sons to spout propaganda towards the vaping industry. And he was looking on, on Twitter for people that could create memes, um, documentation and stuff like that to go against what's going on in the vape space. Um, and then I, fi I find out that this, this little Muppet has a SoundCloud. And I thought, right, well, this is all propaganda. This is all bullshit. So let's have it taken down. And I thought, no, enough is enough with you. Off with your head. <laughs> Sometimes it's the only way to do it. I mean, I'm all, I am all for freedom of speech, yeah? Don't get me wrong. But there's yeah. freedom of speech, there's opinion, then there's dangerous bullshit. Um, look, I, I, I know for a fact that I, I've said things that I shouldn't have said when I've been interviewed. Um, I know that I do my research before I come out and I say something. But I did get something wrong and I retracted it straight away within about 30 seconds. For me posting it, and I, then I was given the right information. I went back and I I fixed it. Mm -hmm. 
but the other the other issue that you've got in the United States is pharma is the ones giving well J and J and Johnson and Johnson um, uh, GlaxoSmithKline and a and Pfizer Corporation, they all give money to Smoke Tree Kids. Mm. That, that's you got to cut them. You got to cut their hands off. That's for a start. Mm. I and think then, it was wasn't it Nick Green. Um, yeah, he tweeted yeah. a, a full yeah. list of who's yeah, getting what, and it was mm. like scary, absolutely yeah. scary. Where they're getting their money from? It really is. Well, I mean, surely this this is one of the things. Like as Paul says. If you're going to set up this sort of group, you should have the full disclosure about where your funding's coming from. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's level the playing field here. Open, transparent. Yeah. They never will. And the other big issue that they've got in the United States is um, Bloomberg. Bloomberg. The media organisation actually gives a lot of donations to these groups, and if you have a look where a lot of this stuff is coming out, it's actually coming out through the Bloomberg News networks. Mm. That's where it's coming from. Um, there was a documentary the other night. I, I haven't got to see it all yet, but the CNBC documentary on vaping, uh, right at the very end, there was like six or eight minutes. And it was all based around uh, UK advocacy and UK what the UK is actually doing the right way. Um, Australia got mentioned, and we've got the most draconian laws on the planet, except for uh, India and Thailand. And and until we get people um, at the government level, at all levels of government, by the way, things aren't going to change. Mm. Things are not going to change. Sorry, it won't happen. No, I mean, I think I never. It's only when you start getting into this advocacy uh, and looking at the politic frameworks behind it that you realise how bad things are. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean. Well, the well, the FDA is actually run. Right, and this is the truth. It's actually run by biotech and pharma. If you go back to, and this is a case study that I did for a document, um, go back to 1996, and you had Mon- Monsanto. Oh, yeah. One of the one of the head guys from Monsanto became the head of the FDA. Lo and behold, within six weeks he was there. He passed all the GMO laws, or genetically modified mm. products. Mm. Then lo and behold, he went straight back to Monsanto as as lead counsel for them. It's just total corruption, isn't it? It's just totally corrupt. Now, I mean, at least Gottlieb got called on it when he went back to Pfizer. Was it? uh... He was. He was never with Pfizer to start with. he was taking money from uh, GlaxoSmithKline. It was a hundred and sixty thousand uh, dollar donation to one of the studies that he was working on at the time. Then he went into the vape space, and he was a, he was a owner of a 
well, had his fist in a chain of vape shops and distribution. Then he was appointed to the FDA. After the FDA, then he said, well, I've got to go and spend time with my family. And I just went, right, who are you going to? And it was myself, Kevin Crowley, and um, who was it? Uh, Patrick Reif uh, from Sons of Liberty Radio. And we called it. We gave three companies, and I was bang on the money. I actually came out on air, and I said, he's going to Pfizer. I'll put money on this right here, right now. And everyone just looked at me and said, either you have a golden, you've got a golden ticket, or you know something that no one else knows. And I said, you you have a look at some of the people that follow him from Pfizer Corporation, and butter bing. I was 100% right. Mm. I called it. I called it three weeks before he actually took the took the position. See, the thing is, though, William, though, what really gets me is that even though he's not part of the FDA, he's still calling shots, though. If you look on his Twitter account, he's still calling shots. Okay. Um, people in the industry like myself, we we have another name for the PMTA, right? We have another nickname for it, and that's the, the Philip Morris Trade Agreement. Hmm. <laughs> Like it. <laughs> like it very much. Who actually wrote the policy is my question. And if you have a look at um, some of Gottlieb's underlings or people in the background, they're all uh, heavyweight um, litigators for companies that have worked for PMI in the past. Yeah. It's like what Andy Summerfield says. I'm going to spend time with my family. Yeah, right. Five weeks on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 100%, Andy. Um, you, you should follow some of the stuff that I get up to, right, in the advocacy fronts because I'm not afraid of calling someone out. I've been, uh, get this, I've actually been banned um, on all platforms from Simon Chapman here in Australia. I've been banned by our Prime Minister now for calling him out. I've been, what? Banned by the Prime Minister. I don't have problems. I don't have problems. Nice one. I don't have problems with any of this. Gordon Bennett. (laughs) Good man. By the way, be very careful with the hooks that Julie offered. <laughs> we may not see you again. <laughs> Bless her. Oh, Ju- All right. Julie's one of our regulars from uh, Louisiana. Um, okay. Wonderful, wonderful lady. Sure. Not fresh batteries. <laughs> so I'm gonna um, gonna change this up a little bit. I want um, to know what is lab work vapes. Go on, tell me a bit about you. Tell us a bit of your history. How you've ended up to this point in time. So where, okay, did you, sure. where did you start from? Okay. Before the vape space, um, I'm actually a qualified horse trainer um, with a background in veterinary and uh, breeding, pre-training, breaking, mm. all for the racing industry. Mm. Um I worked in that for a number of years and due to health reasons and due to um, my back, my face, everything being broken, both knees replaced, 
um, I had to get out of that. Uh, in early 2014, I, after many unsuccessful ways and means of trying to give up cigarettes, um, pills, patches, sprays, gum, the whole nine yards, um, I was actually diagnosed with um, two late stage two, early stage three emphysema. Mm-hmm. And I needed to get off the stinkies, otherwise um, I was going to end up on an oxygen tank or worse still, I, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't be around mm. so much longer. I'm a few weeks off 50, so it's not a problem. So where I got my start was I walked into a vape shop and they, they had all these, they were simple fruits. And I thought, hang on, this can't be that hard to really do. I understand chemistry, pardon me, with a chemistry background, so let's let's dive into this. So I spoke to the owners of the shop on how to get my hands on concentrates and stuff. I was vaping on a, um, and what was it, a strawberry or a kiwi or something back then, and... I decided, no, I want something a little bit different. So I wanted a white chocolate, a white, a cinnamon white chocolate that reminded me of a candy that I had when I was a child. Mm. So I got my hands on concentrates, um, started doing a whole lot of research on what I can and what I can't do in the vape space. And here in Australia, none of our liquids actually contain nicotine. We actually have to import it to add to our liquids. So... That was the next part that I had under control. I, I had a friend of mine that helped me out. He hooked me up with some nicotine to get me started. Um, come early 2015, I started doing a DIY show with Fresh A3 on his channel. He's been around for a long, long time mm-hmm. doing DIY, and I used to get up every Sunday in the morning and do a DIY show with him. I then started getting involved heavily in the advocacy side of things and I needed a break so I took a little bit of time off from everything. I took a step back and I then started working on recipes first and foremost. By the end of 2015, 12 months down that down the track, I had actually got my, uh, my first commercial, like, someone very high up in a company, I'm not going to name names anymore, they liked what I did. Mm. And I got my first start as as a commercial mixer. And from 2016 onwards up until now, um, all I've been doing is mixing, contract mixing for certain companies around the world, probably creating some of the flavours that you guys have all tried at one point in your vaping career. And in the last... 12 months or 18 months, I've now released my own complete line. I've got 30 liquids in the line currently. I've got 50 that will be in full production by September and by the end of the year with a collaboration that I'm actually doing with a couple of other like-minded people in the United States, we will have 100 liquids in my line by that stage. But I can also tell you guys, and I can announce it now to everyone because it's public knowledge, um, 
I've recently taken on a position with Mullenberry out of Poland. Uh, I'm now the development manager for the Australian New Zealand market and the USA in both the DIY space and the commercial mixing side of things in uh, recipe development, tweaking, putting things together for people, finding uh, solutions for their company as a turnkey solution from where to go. Um, Mullenberry, their sister company is Chemnovatic, which are nicotine uh, manufacturers mm. and a very, very big lab space in Poland. So I'm actually glad to have taken on that role. Awesome. So that's where I'm at now. <laughs> Not busy at all, then. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, that's one, one burning question I want to ask you, Paul. Shoot. I, I noticed on your webpage that you stopped the Bogan Brews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did, did you have anything to do with those poppies? No, no. The first three that Sam released, he actually created them. And then the next three that he released, um, and then the next three he released, um, the Ducks Nuts, uh, Ridgy Didge, and the um, Bloody Ripper. These are his new three, and he's got he's got another few on the way. Um, he wants to get to ten. 10 liquids, um, the company that manufactures them for him, Vaporize, um, they're one of the biggest online online retailers here in Australia. Um, he used to work for them and because now of his schedule, doing his advocacy, his international travel with the products that he's working on, um, you know, his RDAs, his mech mods, because he's a mech mod boy, he's, um, yeah, it's quite interesting. I've got to ask, um, what were you being a mixologist? How 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 does the process start? Do you sort of have an idea in your head and then you try and make it? Or is it sometimes you accidentally come up with a flavour? Good question, but I'll I'll let you all in on the on the big secret. Um you actually reverse engineer recipes. Mm. You look at you look at a bakery and you reverse engineer it from your from your concentrate stash. That's how you do it. So you've already got the idea of what you want the flavour as first, and then Correct. break it break it down. Oh, interesting. Yes. So have you actually done one the other way around where it's sort of like you've made you've created something by accident, but it's blooming good, so you try to recreate it yeah i look i i take notes um on everything that i do um mm. i take notes if i i mix 100 mils 250 500 or a liter when we're doing like when we're doing the scale up to see if it's going to be a commercially viable recipe if if you can get to the point of creating um a liter of something and you leave it aside for three months and you go back and you taste it and test it and it's still holding all the flavours true to what what you originally set out to do, you know then that you have a, a viable recipe, a commercially viable recipe. Um, it's the probably the biggest the biggest one that I stumbled upon um, was 
what was it? Uh, strawberry shortcake ice cream. Okay. Like a tradition, like an old school strawberry shortcake ice cream. Um, it had the the fresh and the glazed strawberries there as the base of it. Um, it had a shortcake shortcake crust, and then it had five different ice creams in there to bring up the back end creams. So, yeah, it's yeah that was probably the biggest one. I'd had a few beers that night, and I was sitting sitting around, and I just started mixing shit, and that's what happened. Stuart, no, I don't like chicken tikka. <laughs> right, quick question for um, Julie, Paul. Do you ship yeah. to the uh, US? I ship worldwide. They are, Julie. Now, it, just if chat's not spotted it, there is a link to uh, LabWorks in the chat. And we've also put up uh, Mullenberry flavours, which I'm What's guessing this? is foul. What the hell? No, I'm not mixing. I'm not mixing chicken tikka and bloody. <laughs> I, what, I, what's going on? I, I had to try that. I had to try it. I did that live. Somebody's actually produced a chicken tikka flavour e, e liquid in England, and well, someone needs to someone needs to go and see a, a psychologist for that one. <laughs> yeah, that's just for me vaping it. Yeah, <laughs> I do believe Mobro's going to try it next. I think he did it last night, didn't he? Did, did he do it last night? Ooh. It, basically, it sounded like the pre- flavour profile was Satan's testicles and a large amount of burned rubber. It was, it, <laughs> that was the problem. It was very burnt rubber. You couldn't get away from this burnt rubber f- uh, taste. It had the heat. You got that heat in it, but it was just burnt rubber. And then you just got this, like, I would say citrus. I wouldn't say it was lime or anything like that, but you got this citrus background and just burnt rubber. Yeah, but it was not nice. That's that's actually what I'm really known for. I'm known for bending citruses in into playable objects. Any form any form of citrus I can bend. I can I can make even the sharpest or almost um, how would you put it? The sharpest or the most unworkable concentrate I can bend it into shape and mm-hmm. make it to play nice. But that comes down to playing with tricks and like the secrets that I'm not, I'm not going to go into. Mm. Now, fair enough. Now, Grumpy's just asked, uh, talking about flavours holding up over time. Is it true strawberry flavours should be added later in the steep to hold up? Yes, hundred um, percent. Strawberry, well, the majority of the strawberry flavours are actually made up, or the basis of them is maltol-based, EM ethyl maltol. Um, the strawberry fades very, very quickly. The other one that fades, and we we do have a solution for it now, is pineapple. Um, pineapple fades very quickly in a, in a recipe, but then pineapple will come back two weeks, three weeks later in the steep time. With strawberries, I actually have what's called a stone, a strawberry stone, which is actually created from six different strawberries, and then I added it 1%. That's that's the secret behind that. We're learning it all here. <laughs> I'm wondering what's upset Julie. There's a slight outburst from a blesser, but <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that a request, Julie, or uh, don't don't you agree with something? <laughs> so, I think we've done the vape. 
Yeah. Do you want to do? Is there anything else you want to ask about the flavours? Because no, 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 that was it. That was fine. Fine. I'm interested in your Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, cross. Why have a busman's holiday? Come on, dude. <laughs> You've been on all day doing vape advocacy. Yeah. yeah. Flavors. We know you're coming out of Poland now and, and, and working with Mullenberry to increase the market in Australia and uh, the States. And good luck with that one, mate. <laughs> yeah. There's the challenge. So come on. Who is your Doctor Who? My, mine would have to be both John Pertwee and Tom Baker. And I've had, I've had the... I, I've had the pleasure of actually meeting Tom Baker um, on a couple of occasions when I was a kid. Um, John Pertwee, I would have loved to have met him. Um, I, I like the way um, that he worked, that he worked around with different people from different walks of life. Um, and when he had the Brigadier with him, that, that was quite a lot of fun oh, to watch him. Oh, with Brigadier, yeah. Yeah. Definitely, I in the early stuff. I love that. I've, I've got to admit, even with the new, ge- the, I, I had classes as the next generation of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. I still liked it how they linked that. I really did with Unit. I, th- I, I just thought that was cool. I read and met John Pertwee, you know. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. When he was doing Wurzel Gummidge. <laughs> oh nice. Um, it, all right. Who who was your favourite character or villain? Oh, I'm I'm going to be a, a, a tad controversial here. Female master Missy. I like Missy. There was something about Missy. Okay. Yeah. Didn't have the suaveness of the original. I, I can't. I really can't remember the actor's name, and I wish I could. The guy who first played the master. Mm-hmm. Back in the days of. Uh, well, that was Tom Baker, wasn't it? Mm. Where the master first appeared. Um, he had a certain suave elegance about him, but Missy just has that completely evil crackpot to it. Are, are, yeah. you, a, are you a Dalek or a Cyberman? Though? Cyberman because they, you can kill them with gold dust. See, I was always a Dalek fan. I thought the I, da- I was a I was a very big fan of Davros. I mm. thought it was cool. Yeah, I always thought that the the actual idea behind the Daleks was very very clever and very very sinister. When you think what the actual Daleks were, I really so like yeah, they was genetically engineered to be mean. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Um... Oh. What? Sorry, I'm answering questions. <laughs> We're still um, getting loads of questions about flavours. <laughs> well, keep Did on shouting them out, uh, Steve. Right, well, so we had Grumpy's about the strawberries. Uh, he also asks about cactus and dragon fruit supporting strawberry. Is it true or not? Um, cactus is there for the mouthfeel. It puts mouthfeel back into anything that's got EM. Um, and 
dragon fruit will help with a lot of seed fruits um, or ground grown, as we call them here in Australia, ground grown fruits. Um, the other little secret for um, for lifting it. Now everybody can see what I was talking about with the drawers. It's it's a concentrate you can get it at chefs in the UK, and this is a very very big secret that I use quite a lot. Um, it's a concentrate made by Vape Train Australia, and it's called Apollo Fajola. It is a citrus that will bend strawberry into shape in no time at all. And the question for peach is you use uh, WS23 10% by volume, you use one drop per 30 mils to actually smooth out the peach and then it doesn't give you such a harsh throat hit. There you are Andy, I hope that's answered, uh, answered it because uh, he's just said I like a sweet sweet and smooth genuine peach but no one seems to get a sweet, pe sweet peach right without the bitterness. Um, you can do it but all, all peaches have the inherent problem of they want they want to impact on the pectin or the seed, the, pec, the, the actual pectin flavour or the seed. Um, that's what they're doing. But some peaches are actually, the bases of them are actually naturally extracted and that's what they're working from. They're not all chemical. Some of them are actually naturally extracted. I'm glad you answered that anyway, mate, because I've been wondering that about peach as well. <laughs> it's the same as apples. I've got 22 different apples that I work with. Golden Benny. I've so, not heard that bit of apple. What's a Golden Benny apple? I've <laughs> <laughs> heard of Granny crap. Smith, but not Golden Benny. <laughs> Tastes crap, but fantastic goalkeeper. <laughs> <laughs> so... Paul's just said he's, he's a Cyberman, uh, he, he'd have chosen Cyberman over Daleks. What did you think to the uh, reworking of the Cybermen away from the Mondasian? Some of the ways they reworked them, sure, but I thought that the older, the older style Daleks they had a little bit more to them. They were a little bit more rough around the edges than what the newer ones are. They're more mm -hmm. polished. They're more polished now. They're not... They're not... No. No. They're not the same. Nowhere near the same. They're too polished for me. Back in the day, you didn't think, worry about whether Daleks could climb stairs, did you? No. And then no. all of a sudden, this anti grav system, it just. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. <laughs> I, think, I think that was probably. They probably did that for the age old question, wasn't it? Why you can stop a Dalek just run upstairs? I think that's why they did things like that. But do, 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 do you find that the new Doctor Who. Has lost anything compared to the original, or do you think that the new Doctor Who is still carrying on the same? Um, the older Doctors, the sets were they had budgets that they had to work to. The new Doctors, 
they've got a lot more money attached to it. Um, the production has gone up drastically mm. over the past 10 years or so. Like even even when you went back to you know the final when you know the changeover after Baker, the money started getting pumped into the projects a lot more than what we used to see in the old old days. I still like I still like old school stuff the way it's put together. It, it's it's got more to it. I can't I'll, help but sorry, mate. I can't help but feel that the scripts were better. In the old Correct. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, still, my favourite is um, Ark in Space with John Pertwee. Oh, sorry, with um, Tom Baker, mm. where where it was like they were all in suspended animation and one turned into a into a big slug and then into a butterfly in space. And I thought, how the hell is this going to go down? I thought that was quite funny. I, I I've got to admit, I do prefer the black and white. I really do. I like the really early stuff because it was mm-hmm. very. Yes, the sets and everything, there they was limited, and you could see that there was limited. But Correct. it was so like. Correct. I'm I'm fascinated fascinated by the radio workshop. The, you know the BBC radio workshop, how they actually created the music and things like that, and from yeah. old fashioned tape and splicing tapes together to make the sounds yeah. and things like that. And oh, was, well, that was that was um, what was the name? Derbyshire. Uh, Derbyshire, wasn't it? Yeah. And Sorry. Yeah. All that kind of stuff. It was so like very. Um, how can you put it? The things that you can do on a mobile phone now out suppresses mm. what they had back in that day. And it's so like I do appreciate what limitations that they had when they was creating the special effects and the way that they went about making their special effects. I, you know, it's so like I, I don't know. I just find it just a little bit more intimate with it. It's, it's not just done on a computer like they are done now. No, yeah. fair point, but I mean, for me, if you go back to the Terence Dix era, yeah, you've got Terence mm-hmm. Dix, you've got Douglas Adams, yeah, mm-hmm. you've got some real writers there, and and this is absolutely no uh, disservice to Mark Gattis, He's, mm-hmm. he writes some brilliant sk- scripts, but they just don't seem to capture that, you know, almost the Heath Robinson effect to the Doctor. Because he got thrown into these amazing situations, and mm. then ended up sol- saving the day with nothing but a, a sonic screwdriver and a bag of jelly babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, 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 it. It's not only Doctor Who that I grew up on. I grew up on all of Jerry Anderson's work. Absolute, absolute genius with what he was doing. And it wasn't only Thunderbirds and Joe Ninety and Captain Scarlet. I was very much into um, UFO, which was Real People and uh, Space 1999. They were the two that I that I really, really, really enjoyed. Um, probably UFO because I was seeing hot women in skimpy outfits, and I was a, I was a kid, and I'm like, yeah. that's always good. <laughs> See, I was a big Space 1999 fan, really big. In fact, one second, just show you something. Yeah, I, I could, I could probably add to you because I've got all the Thunderbirds here. I've got all the Space 1999 stuff as well. 
Yeah, Eagle Transporter. Yeah, that that is my original from when I was a baby. Yeah, they were done made it's, by Dinky. It's rough Dinky as hell. Toys. But... <laughs> yeah, I've still got more. Um, I, I've still got my UFO stuff like that. That's all packed up. Half of it was never out of its box. But yeah, that's the old Eagle Transporter. Um, I actually got to meet um, Martin Landau when I was a kid and Barbara Bain when they toured Australia for Space 1999. Really cool. Mm. <laughs> this isn't fair. You've met half my heroes, dude. <laughs> you've got, you'll be telling me you're drinking buddies with Kevin Bloody Wilson next. <laughs> I have had a beer with him. Uh, but did he sign your boob? That's the... <laughs> no, no, but he told me the story about Santa Claus. Damn, first time I heard that. Mm. Jesus, there was coffee everywhere. <laughs> but it's his daughter, isn't it? Jenny Taylor. She's brilliant God. as well. <laughs> yeah. The, the other one... Um, one of my favourite songs of his is uh, the Pubic Hair song. That's that's, that's hilarious. I'm, I must admit, I'm a bad man. I like living next door to Abos. Oh, yeah, living next door to Alan. Yeah. <laughs> that, that just took it. I mean, obviously, we, we got the... Uh, I'm trying to think who, who did the cover of uh, Santa Claus. I think it was Chubby Brown. Mm-hmm. Did, did a cover? But, and somebody introduced me to Kevin Wilson, and that was it. Uh, the kid he swears a little bit. That's one of my all-time favourites as well. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I actually sat through his autobiography as well. <laughs> uh, the other gentleman that I listened to when I was when I was younger was. Um, what was his name? Billy Birmingham, the the third man. Um, the uh, what was it? He was a, taking off all the sports commentators here. The wild world of sports. That's absolutely hilarious. That was fun too. Oh, you got to you got to find the the wild world of sports. Takes off all the cricket umpires and shit, and just gives the all the Indian players these. Dries and nuns nasty, and you know, <laughs> you, you kind of hear some of the names. It was like, what the hell? Oh, the last leg of walls. How does Grumpy Old, how the hell does he know that? The effing cat's back is a good one as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, how did he do that? <laughs> yeah, that's another good one, Grumpy. <laughs> Mark, um, at least we're not playing it, mate. <laughs> yeah, that's it, ain't it? Yeah. Uh, you'd, you'd lose all forms of, um, like, if you had any money coming through on this show, you'd lose that in five seconds. Oh, if God, any no. Of it, yeah. Does your dad own a brewery? Yeah. Can I feel your tits or you show them to me? Yeah. yeah. Um, if, if the answer is no to the questions above, can you be yeah. a good sport? Yeah. Show me your girlfriend who does. Yeah, I know. There's some classic lines. Um, Andy, um, 
you are desperately trying to find an NET based or natural what um, nicotine natural nicotine extract peach liquid. Um, give me a couple of weeks. Um, that's the other thing that we should have touched on before. I've actually just set up a lab in New Zealand for manufacturing of nicked up liquids. So um, just look me up or or send me a message and we will talk about that. But I need at least two weeks. I'm working on something in that department. It's a um, it's a peach honey tobacco. Interesting. Blimey, you're getting a lot of first air, folks. <laughs> God, the Benny Paul, I don't think we've had this many uh, announcements ever. <laughs> well, I, I was answering a lot of questions for you guys last week, and then when you actually get me on and you and you see and you hear what what I'm all about, it's just like, oh, hang on a second, what's going on here? <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's all, the, the thing with the flavours is, if I'm always, I, I don't know about anybody else in chat, but I'm always on the lookout for new good juices, mm. and there's so many mediocre and white labels around at the minute, so when you do find that, that good new juice, it's something special, yeah. You're rolling your eyes upwards, it's like... Mm. <laughs> I'm not going to say how many white labels I've worked on for people, how many like contract mixes I've done. Um, mm. uh, I'm currently sitting on about six or 700 recipes. Um, somewhere around that barrier. Um, that is amazing, though. It's... Yeah, I've got variation on variation on variation of different things. Um, the it, it, it's hard, but white labelling in the UK now, it's um, how low can you go? I saw something earlier. I think it was five one twenties for fifty bucks or something, and I went, "What the hell's going on there?" For fifty quid, and I went, "You're killing yourself. You're shooting yourself in the foot." It's, it's there's way there's way too many white labels now, and the crap that's being made up north. Um, someone sent me over some samples um, out of Manchester, and I said, "What the hell is this? Like seriously, what is this? You're vaping this shit? Mm. You're joking me? You are absolutely joking me? It's garbage." It's one of the reasons. I mean, I used to do a lot of um, juice reviews. It's how how I started my channel. Like most reviews that's where you you, you base your uh, your starting point and it got to the point with me that you, you could literally tell these white labels from one mm. another and you could sort of like it's the same juice just different label and Correct. it was getting to that's, it, that's and it was, it was that's what i'm getting at hip-hop juice that's what i'm getting at and it's, it's one of the reasons why i stopped doing it look you, you you have the big internationals like the major players, you know the big companies like Dinner Lady, Humble Hustle, people like that. 
um, Naked 100. Naked 100 is still one of the best commercial juices on the planet. I don't care what anyone says, right? It is still one-to-one one of the best commercial juices around. Um, back in the day, you had, um, uh, what was it, One Hit Wonder, and that's exactly what it was, a one-hit wonder. Mm. It wasn't anything to write home about. But they kept releasing more and more and more. And they just kept getting worse and worse and worse, only because they were lifting the sweetener levels to stupid, stupid, like absolutely stupid levels, which is absolutely... Why? Why do that? Mm. Why do that to a liquid? Um, I, find I, that, I find that a lot of juices are way too sweet. Way, way, way too sweet nowadays. <laughs> Um, okay, Reverend Reverend says it perfectly. It's he's one hundred percent right. Premium is just when you're taking uh, sweeteners over, you know, one and a half, two percent, and fancy labelling, marketing. You know, once upon a time when you go to a vape expo, um, you, you would go through so many different liquids in a day to see what you wanted, but now. Um, it's nowhere near what it was two years ago, and that and that's the truth. Mm. Premium premium is just a word. It's there's no such thing. And I'm saying that I'm a manufacturer. I'm saying it. Yeah, it's, it, they've, they've actually diluted the actual name, haven't they? Really. Correct. Yeah. I mean, the likes of Own Boy, um, their Volume Two range now. Mm-hmm. Those are juices to me that don't taste like they've got any sweetener in at all. They seem to be taking, the, the, it tastes almost like the fruit sweetness in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they've got the cranberry and apple and the, the rhubarb and elderflower. And... Well, look, we've even gone as far now. Um, We've even gone as far with the alcohols that we're actually buying the alcohol and we're actually distilling out the alcohol to, to use it in our liquids. We want the flavour. Um, I've got I've got a range. It's a private range for a company, and it's all based on uh, Tanqueray, like the uh, the lime Tanqueray, the orange Tanqueray, and the original, and even the number ten. So I've done gin and tonic, gin tonic lime. Um, gin tonic, lemon lime, variations of gin tonic for a couple of different clients. Um, but like bourbons, um, when I do a um, bourbon custard tobacco for one of my clients, that is actually made from um, what's what was the bourbon that he asked for last time? He wanted me to change the bourbon out. Um, that was. Yeah, that that was wild turkey, right. and we actually just yeah, and I just pulled it down and threw it back together again. That's that's a that's another way to do it. Um, we're always looking for ways and means to you know come out with the next best juice, but so many things do work and so many things don't work. They'll mm. just fall flat on their face. Mm. Simple, but white labeling. It's not. It's not even funny. I invoke. Uh, do you have a distributor here in the UAE? I can send anything to UAE. Where are you based? Dubai. 
I've seen your name in a couple of chats. Oh. You want to see Hocus uh, mod collection? Yeah. God, Bennett. Bond. Uh, yeah, don't go there. I, I'm the same. He's got stuff that we're only ever going to dream of owning, you know. <laughs> like Mark said last week, you know, if we found out where he lived, we'd be round with a large <laughs> pair of hobnail boots and kicking his front door in. <laughs> yeah. Um, actually, a friend of mine is on his way to Dubai now to work on a to work on a mixing contract over there. Um, I visited Dubai a number of times with racing. Um, I was there a couple of years ago at Maidan for the World Sprint Series. He was a mere local lads there, Steve. <laughs> Not these jet setters. <laughs> <laughs> no. Furthest we goes Rotherham. Uh, Rotherham. <laughs> And then we needed tetanus. <laughs> I mean, it makes me laugh because if you, I mean, if you, if you were talking in Australia, yeah, just to get from one side to the other, you're doing what England? God, how many times? It's ridiculous. Um, from Sydney to Western Australia, six-hour flight. Yeah, you can do the UK in what, two? Yeah. Yeah, a bit over two. Yeah, so it's about three three times the distance, and we consider it a foul when we go 40 miles, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Again, we're <laughs> oh, you're not kidding. <laughs> oh, here we go. Is pear another flavour that doesn't chemically, work chemically like peach? As I can find pear flavours quite bitter as well. Mm, you use cactus to bend pear, and that's the way to do that. Or you use a uh, a Fuji Fuji apple will help with yeah. And the very sneaky one, um, plum, will actually bend pear. Now there's one flavour I've never seen over here in e-juice. Plum, plum. I've never seen mm. plum. I have many, many moons ago. It used to be. I was be... about to say it used to be a big, big thing in the UK. Yeah, many, I mean, on about many, many moons ago, plum. Plum used to be one of those standard um, in your CE four type thing. That was mm. you know <laughs> a standard juice that one. But but I haven't seen anything done with it. Recently, must admit. Mm. There you go. You plum. Don't go there, buddy. You, you want to talk? It can't be old. <laughs> so I've got, I've, I've got to ask. What is your everyday vape then? What do you vape on? What's, what, what, what's your? This is the one I settle down with. Um. Jeez. That's... That wasn't an easy question then. <laughs> no, it's um. Oh, I hate to say this, it's actually a blueberry lemonade. No wrong with that. What's wrong with blueberry lemonade? Yeah. 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 It's a it's a blueberry lemonade. No, I mean but mine's it's... a basic lemon. 
I, I vape that day in, day out. It's just a very basic lemon vape. And the other one is uh, lemon, lime, and bitters. Nice one. Mostly citrus, mostly citrus because it keeps my palate clean if I'm working on something. I think that's part of the reason why you do lemon a lot, isn't it, Mark? Yeah, I still do it. it I, it's what I started when I started doing my reviews. It was the only thing that sort of like stopped me from getting like vapor's tongue. It was just to go mm -hmm. on a lemon. Because yeah. obviously you're tasting and, all these different nuances and that like you've got to keep a fresh palate. Yeah. And I've, I've stuck with it ever since. So, yeah. That's the joys of having crap taste buds like I've got. <laughs> I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> if the flavour disappears, it probably means it's Monday. <laughs> Funny you say that because you can... So I was a very, very heavy smoker. Um, I was 50, 60 a day. Uh, I had a, I'd even roll a cigarette before I got out of bed and I'd have a cigarette in my mouth the whole day working and racing. Our two big big friends was um, nicotine and caffeine. They were the two big things that we were always up for. Um, but I used to roll cigarettes. I, I never smoked tail mates. So my palate was completely and utterly shot. Mm. And I had to learn to reset it. That's why I worked with um, white chocolate cinnamon when I first started because I wanted to reset. The cinnamon was the first thing that reset my palate. Very, very quickly. Very, very quickly. Um, now, I, now I've got a real taste for um, ice creams. I can work on ice creams day in, day out. They give you variations of an ice cream, like a, um, a white chocolate honeycomb butterscotch ice cream. That's, that's something that I've done. Um, I've done probably 20 or 30 different ice creams now. And... I'm actually thinking just doing a line of ice cream mm. and, and actually calling it ice cream. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I like, just for example. I had an ice cream a few months back and mm. the only way to describe it, it was, it was a raspberry ice cream it was. And you know the end mm. of your bowl, you've finished it and mm -hmm. you've got that that goo at the bottom of your bowl that you lick out. It just tasted yeah. like that. It was absolutely gorgeous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The I, I'm a fan of some bakeries. Um, not many because most of the donut vapes actually taste like Play-Doh until you push the concentrates far enough, like way, way too far that you're going out of the realm of a donut into something else. Um, cookies... I, I'm a huge fan of cookies. I've, I did a, um, a chocolate cookie ice cream, very similar to the mint slice. Like the Arnott's, the Arnott's mint slice, I did that into an ice cream. Um, I did the raspberry boysenberry ripple. And, yeah, yeah. it was some interesting ones I've worked on. Um, banana pistachio ice cream, that's mm. another very, very interesting one. Because the back notes of the pistachio, you only get the pistachio on the exhale. Yeah. On the inhale, you get the banana, but then you get the pistachio on the exhale. Ooh. Yeah, that, last oh, that sounds good. Hmm. How, uh, I mean, obviously, if it's an industry secret, then don't answer this one. But sure. How on earth 
do they manage to do that where you get one predominant flavor on the inhale and then, and then get that second flavor on the flip okay when when you're when you're ramping up a coil okay mm. the inhale you're actually getting a note that will will pop um, at a certain temperature when you exhale the temperature changes when you're exhaling hence the flavor right so it's so it's more about if i've understood you correctly we're talking sort of evaporation almost mm -hmm. yeah 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 wow it's the esters of of what you're working with it changes the temperature and it changes the the actual it changes the actual texture of what you're doing and what you're mm. playing with. Yeah. Um, any good milk chocolates out there? Yeah. Hang Seng Australian chocolate, um, vape chain chocolate clear, um, vape chain cocoa clear, um, Mullenberry um, uh, glamour chocolate. They're all white chocolate, sorry, milk chocolate based. But if you want to build uh, a chocolate base into a milk chocolate, you need to add uh, back notes of white chocolate to push it further forward, or you use a milk a milk concentrate to push it. But I suggest if you're going to do that, you create a stone, you let it sit for three to four days before you actually start working with it, so it sits here and binds. I find this all fascinating, absolutely fascinating. I'd love to get into it. I really would. Playing around with that. Like. The alchemists. <laughs> Does it feel like that at half past five on a Monday, Paul? <laughs> uh, oh God. Um, it, it depends what I've been working on. If if I'm doing, for argument's sake, if I'm working on tobaccos all day. Um, I'll have a beer by three in the afternoon because I can't do it anymore. Mm. I just can't do it. Because there's so many really, really, really good tobacco bases now to work with. Flavora's just released some crackers. Um, Mullenberry's also got some crackers, but you, you need to lift them. you got to bend them into shape. Fascinating. Yeah. So... Got to change the subject slightly, just slightly. Steve, what? If you could create your juice, what would your juice be? Oh God. Um. Probably a raspberry white chocolate mousse. It's all right. Paul's taking notes. <laughs> <laughs> Is yeah. that it? Ra raspberry white chocolate mousse. Mine is a, I think I've already mentioned it before, mine's a Bavarian slice. Yeah, I remember. Yes. <laughs> mine's the Bavarian slice. It's only... Yes, but it's got to be that really dense, thick uh, cream. It's got to be that. It, if it's not got that dense, thick cream on it, it's, it's not the right same. Um... Hang Seng, um, the Chinese manufacturer, they do some crackers. They've got an Italian cream. Mm. 
mm. that will it'll it punches you in the face. It, it's a really big cream, really big. So we've we've done our dream dream flavors, Paul. If there was any flavor in the world that you could do mm. anything, what would it be? Mm. As a drink or any flavor as a juice any yeah. flavor in the world that you could reproduce as a juice let's just say yeah. the good lord decided to touch you with his little pinky and away you went what would it be long island iced tea oh mm. that's a complex one mate <laughs> yeah yeah so I've got to ask yeah. the I've got to ask the question then. Is there a juice that you've tried to make that you no matter how you do it, you've not been able to crack it? Have you got that that how can you put it that unicorn juice you want to make but you've never been able to nail it? Mm-hmm. It's well any, anyone that knows what the hell they're doing um, in in mixing. That will tell you that tiramisu is the holy grail, mm. and the other one, the other really big one that is the second holy grail to it, or they're probably equal footing, would be a uh, baklava. Ooh, to a actually, what's a baklava? To actually, cr- oh, baklava. it's sheets of um, it's sheets of pastry, pastry. Mm. Okay. soaked in a sugar syrup. Yeah. And then it's got uh, pistachios sprinkled between the various layers. It's an absolutely mind-blowing. Yeah. I'm still working on that. I've got 12 different renditions, and I'm very, very close now. Very close. And the problem Um, is every household's got its own recipe for baklava. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. There's um, sugar water versions of it. There's rose water versions of it. There's... And even the pastry, um, the the way the pastry is put together. Um, the other one that I'm still working on right now, I'm very close, is uh, Turkish Delight. Oh, now you've got me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like a Turkish. I know the Turkish Delight in Yonks. Yes, I do like them. I mean, I can understand why baklava would be so difficult because phyllo doesn't particularly have a great flavour, mm. but there is a flavour to it. Correct. Wow. You don't believe in setting these goalposts low, do you? No. no. <laughs> That's why I thought I'd ask the question. I thought there's got to be sort of like that, that unicorn juice that you just can't quite nail. Um, it, it's also very subjective. If you if you've reset your taste buds, um, you will be able to taste a lot of other things. It also comes down to what your coils are made from, whether you're mm. dripping, whether you're using tanks, um, the 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 material of the coil, stainless three one six three oh four. 316, 317 in stainless, um, Nichrome 80, Nichrome 90. Then you get into your really high-grade wires. Um, Canthal specifically for um, Canthal will work a, a whole lot better with Nick Salts. 
simply because it's a, it's a different heating. It doesn't ramp up stupidly fast. Um, there's all these all these different things. Wattage plays a major role. Mm. Um, I, I can give you notes, and if you're doing temp control, say with a with a three one six coil, um, I could actually give you notes. If you go into temp control, I can give you temperatures that you'll unlock different flavors within the liquid. Mm. Each so, has a flash so point. how so when you you've you've created the the juice. Uh, how do you go about testing it, like you were saying, with different juice? So, like, put it at different wattages all the time and test it on yeah. different devices? And no, how, no, how, it's the... It's the you, right, you're going to laugh at this one. Old Stigelli 150. I can't beat that. <laughs> right. That... that um, it's the exact same RDA for all testing. Mm. And that is, like currently, it's a Wasp Nano single coil. Yep. Um, and I, they're all set up exactly the same to within 0.1 of an ohm of whatever whatever the material is, and then we just go through and like I'll have five or six of them all set up exactly the same mm. with different wires and see what changes. So it's really simple, really, when you, to break it down, but with the amount of juices that you're going through, jeeps. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Voca, yeah, um, temperature ranges would be. Um, someone on Reddit actually did... Um, what the temperature ranges and the difference, like with, between fruits, cupboards, caramels, vanillas, cinnamons, um, bakery notes, they actually did a chart on what unlocks at what temperatures. That's clever, though. Yeah. You get. I mean, let's face. I mean, we enjoy it as as vapors, but there is a art and a science to it all. It's just not, mm. not just throwing this and throwing that into a bowl and give it a mix. There is an actual art and science to it all. Yeah. Um, yeah, Bill, you're 100% correct. The coffees have a very specific temp, temp range. Uh, they lock and unlock. They become bitter. They become more palatable. Um, and also, whether or not you've got a caramel back note or a, um, or a vanilla back note to it or a cream. What's the flavour holds up best for very hot vapes like Series Max? Sorry? The question was, what flavour holds up best for very hot vapes like a Series Mac? Custards. They're complex. The chemistry behind a custard is very, very complex. Um, they always stand high, high temp vaping, mm. hot vaping. Um, yeah. Sorry, mate. I just saw Andy's comment. I was really beginning to like Paul. Then he mentioned the wasp. The what? rare RDA I could never get right, no matter what I did with Cantle. <laughs> Bless him. Um, okay. I'll give you a little secret with the wasp nano. Um, triple core, triple core 28 um, N80 wrapped in 40 gauge. Five wraps in a wasp nano, butter bing, off you go. 
See, I've never they had a problem with Wasp Nano, ever. Never had a problem. In fact, I ended up buying two of them when I was doing my mm. main juice reviewing. That's all I ever mm. used to use is Wasp Nano. Yeah. Cracking little ones um, for, uh, for juice and juice. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work well with Canthal. It works really well with stainless. And it works really, really, really well with um, N80, N90. So, I mean, going back to what you were just saying about temperatures and all the rest of it, mm. it sounds like it would be possible to have an Easter egg range of juices then where you could start off with one set of flavours and then if you went up further up in the, the range of temperatures, mm -hmm. almost tweak it so it starts becoming something completely different. Would that be right in that? I, I have a liquid that I send to friends on their birthday. It's called the Everlasting Gobstopper. <laughs> and you, you it actually one. changes. It actually changes. That's wow. awesome. There's 12 fruits in it. And obviously the different range of heat. <laughs> ah, that's good. Nah, that's clever. I like that. <laughs> Go on, um, Benny Paul. <laughs> oh, I love it. Right. So, we got anything else as we. Blimey, it's quarter to four, dude. I know. It means it must be tickling midnight for you, Paul. Almost one, eh? Almost one. Christ. <laughs> right. Are we going to... Uh... I think we are. I think we're going to start slowly wrapping up, yes. I think we should. <laughs> Mainly because I think Paul's got work tomorrow, haven't you, mate? <laughs> I'll be back up at six. Oh, oh right. Well, in which case, <laughs> we'll start wrapping my, up. My, my, working, my working day is uh, 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Monday to Friday. mine is too but I don't do what I do something I love <sighs> but that's another matter <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, well I'll let you kick off first kiddo no worries so if you get a chance head over to uh, Paul's website I've put the link in it's labworksvapes.com uh, Real range of juices in there. Some of them uh, Paul's actually mentioned. Um, but uh, as you, you heard from the man himself, he does ship worldwide. So if you want to put an order in, please do so. Um, also take a look at the Mullenberry. And uh, I, I think you'll agree with me. Absolutely fantastic show today. Thank you so much, Paul. Really, I've picked up so much, mate. Especially You're about welcome. soccer moms. I've never seen a man pull that sort of face when I mentioned soccer mom before. <laughs> oh, thank you to chat. Without you, there wouldn't be a show, and you've been absolutely brilliant. Really, really enjoyed it. And a quick one for next week. Paul was the first. Mm. Grumpy will be the second. So we've got uh, Ben joining us from the Philippines next week. So if he's got some amazing Pinoy stuff, absolutely amazing Pinoy hardware. So uh, 
join us next week. Same bat channel, same bat time. And uh, we can see us having a chat with Grumpy. Yeah. Bless him. So, over to Mark. No, I'm going to put it over to Paul. I just well, thought you could are. say your goodbyes first, kiddo. Um, thank you very much for having me as a guest on your show. Um, I'm glad that I could answer a few questions for you. Um, if anyone ever wants to reach out to me, I'm always available via Crackball or Facebook, as you know, you, you all know it as. Um, you can find me on Twitter, Labworks Vapes, on Instagram, Labworks Vapes. The majority of the stuff I do on those platforms is advocacy. Um, I will be doing some other stuff, though, regarding Mullenberry. And, um, yeah, look, be good to each other. Keep vaping, dig in. All, all I can say is advocate, educate, and vape on. These are the three things that you need to do. And if you don't advocate, get off your ass, do something about it. Can't say fairer than that. I just want to give a big shout out to everybody in chat. Thank you so much. Paul, it has been absolutely awesome. You've really have educated me as well. Um, some things I definitely didn't know. Steve, always a pleasure as always. You're always my buddy from another mother. Always are. And chat, yeah, thank you guys. So we will all see you next uh, Sunday with our extra special guest. And don't forget to check out the home service on Thursday as well. I'm going to wrap that one up. I want to say big thank you to everyone. So uh, see you all next week. Bye. See you later. Ha ha ha!